Hey, Mike, I want to tell you, <laughs> I want to take a second. <laughs> that was so, that was so genuine is really the word it was for genuine. it. it you was really, genuine. you just had something you wanted to share with me. I and, did. Uh, just, and, you, and you just came out of nowhere. It just felt it. You just I brought just it up extemporaneously. It. Just, yeah, hey, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yes, what is it? Joe? Yeah, I want to take a second to tell you about Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Oh, you great. Know, That's I was you hoping know, you would. Yeah. Spring training is rolling, as you know, so it's mm-hmm. time to think fantasy baseball. Yahoo has the best experience in the game, and you don't have to only take our word for it, <laughs> because the Fantasy Sports Fantasy Sports Trade Association has rated Yahoo Fantasy Baseball number one. How many years in a row do you think? Guess. I don't know. Guess how probably, many years in a row? Probably zero or one. <laughs> Five. Doesn't that blow what? your mind? Five years no in a row. I know. If you want the stats and analysis to run your team like a big league GM, or you want to trade, draft, and manage your team right from your phone, maybe you want both. I don't know. Why is there an or there? Maybe you want both of those things. You just download the Yahoo Fantasy app today or sign up at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball, the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. You know, I have to say thank you, sincere thank you for telling me about all that. Because you didn't have to. It was just You just had some information you wanted to share, and you didn't have to. You didn't have to share with me or with the, with the listeners, and you did, and I'm very grateful. Well, I, I think it's just, it's just about, uh, it's about sharing. It's really what it's about. It's really right. what it's about. Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You're welcome. Baseball season. Baseball is, season. Oh, my gosh. This is the best. This is the best. Spring training. You know, look, it's not as good as opening day and, and when the season gets going, but it's pretty great, right? Spring training is awesome. There's an argument to be made that... This right now is the worst time of the sports year, right? I think we've right. talked about this before, but they, that's right. Because what here's here's what ha- here's where we are. Let's just take stock. Football season's over. Yes. Um. Right now, the All Star game, the NBA All Star game was yesterday, which means there's no basketball for like three days. Right. Uh, baseball spring training has started, which makes you feel like baseball is happening, but it isn't really happening. It isn't, and it won't happen. Yet. Spring training is 32 weeks long, I believe. Spring, <laughs> starting now. We have 32 weeks. Before 32 weeks. Starts. That is correct. I believe that's correct. So in the old days, back when you and I were youngsters, young yes. whippersnappers, whippersnappers. You, would fill, you would fill this gap in your life with college basketball, right? That right. was the only thing you really had in late February, early March. You had college basketball, but now who cares about college basketball? Don't like care. you don't know any you. There's two people, you know, one of them is the Trey young guy at Oklahoma and the other guy is the guy at Duke. And he's well, you only know the you only know the guy at Duke because he's been there for forty two years, right? <laughs> well, that's right? Grayson I mean, Allen. No, that's no, Grayson that's... Allen. I you know him because he is the villain in all of the uh, John Hughes high school <laughs> movies. Somehow, while some, he was uh, like I, Duke, while he I was know it's crazy. Duke. What happened? I believe what happened is an old 
reel of like um, 16 candles got hit by a bolt of lightning <laughs> and Grace and Alan just, <laughs> just emerged. I, I just thought it was amazing. I was watching like some final four highlights from like the 1990 Duke, uh, you know, with Grant Hill and all that. And they're on the sidelines as Grace and Alan. I mean, he's just, he's there. He, he's been, he never goes away. Ever. I do not understand how Duke has that guy every <laughs> single year. They have that guy. They must recruit so that for that crazy. guy, right? I, he, I mean, he's, um, he's like, uh, you know, whatever, t- gotten in trouble like 15 times for just tripping people and throwing temper Stopping tantrums. On and people, tri- yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he like, just has the most punchable face. Like, I don't actually want <laughs> anyone to punch him, but if you had to put, if someone had to get punched, you'd want it to be him. <laughs> do you think, honestly, do you think like Shashevsky and the coaches are like in a dark room, like, all right, what do you got next? And they show some kid in Oregon or something, and, and he kind of pushes a guy, and he's like, no, not tough enough. No. And then, then they show like another guy, and he like, kicks a guy in the leg and he's like all right well, put him on the maybe pile you know and then just finds like a guy who's like stomps on somebody's chest when he's on the ground he's like yeah that's a duke yeah. guy right there <laughs> that, guy, that guy belongs at duke Do you, I, by I, the way i'll give you one guess where grayson allen is from what grayson allen's hometown is i i gotta say I, even though he's been a duke for 25 years i do not know it's jacksonville florida <laughs> If you do not start including Grayson Allen somewhere in the good place, I am not going to. <laughs> no, the guy I was talking about at Duke is Marvin Bagley. That's the guy that you know. At Duke, oh, right? yeah, yeah. Who you yeah. care about. But the point is, is now you don't, you don't, we can't fill this gap with college basketball no, now. Who cares no. about college basketball? Who so cares? You're really, we're really in a dark time right now. Fe- late February is the darkest time of the sports year. And early March is almost darker because. You know, the end, yes, the NBA is revving up again in March and stuff, and you're sort of heading towards the playoffs. But, but based the torture of spring training is significant. You get this initial excitement when the players all report and you see the footage, the first footage of them jogging out with their gym bags and stuff <laughs> and starting to like, you see, it's always the same footage. It's always pitchers like throwing on flat ground, just right. like just, really just, late. Just tossing. Just, yeah. Just <laughs> not even throwing hard at all. <laughs> yeah. And it tricks your brain. Like a, a certain amount of like endorphins are released because it tricks your brain into thinking baseball is coming. It's not really coming. We're literally, we're, Right now, what are we, seven weeks from opening day or something yeah, like that? It's well, torture. That, that is torture. It is, although, I mean, look, I'd rather have this than what we've had for the last six weeks, which is nothing, just no base. Yeah. No base. Yeah, I, look, I, guess I so. What do you think about, what do you think about, we, we have been to spring training together. It's fun when you go. It's fun live. Yeah, sure. uh, super fun. But what do you think, like, as a Red Sox fan, for instance, about, like spring, like do you follow the games? Like you don't care who wins, obviously. I mean, are, do you like go? Oh, I want to see what you know Benintendi did last night or yesterday or whatever. I mean, do you do you follow? Do you care? No, no, I could not care less. I mean, again, the all Red Sox fandom has to be divided in its BC and AD. Right? BC right. is pre two thousand four, and AD is after two thousand four. So before two thousand four, yeah, I followed. I I would look at. There were, it wasn't so easy to get like box scores and stuff, but uh, like that. But I would read reports of games. I would see who is, you know, making waves. It's like, oh, Brian Dawback seems to be catching on as a as a potential twenty fourth guy, twenty fifth guy, or whatever. Sure. But now I I don't care at all. I mean, I only follow it uh, to read about injuries and stuff. That's because that's the the thing that can really sink your season. Obviously, is if that's you know right. if like this year, it's like if David Price struggles in to to throw and then gets shut down and then you kind of 
have this feeling of like, oh, this is it. He's going to miss the whole season. That stuff I care about. But I, I mean, who who cares about the results of spring no, training? You, know, games, you right? shouldn't. You shouldn't care. Although, I mean, I will say. Uh, for Yankee fans that were watching Aaron Judge hit like bombs in spring training, that did indeed lead to Aaron Judge having, uh, you know, a, a, a ridiculous season. So, look, I guess there's some fun in it, but you're right. The big problem with spring training is the same thing with, I think it's, 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 look, football's worse in every way, but, you know, in, all you care about in preseason football games is your guy doesn't get hurt. That's, if, if they get through successfully, I was watching, um, they were they were showing NBC my my old network love NBC but they were showing downhill uh, practice yesterday just practice it wasn't it didn't even count it was it was just like oh yeah let's watch people go down the hill for no reason and Lindsey Vaughn was uh, one of the people which is cool it's always fun to watch Lindsey Vaughn and she went down and then at the at the end uh, whoever was announcing uh, the the downhill said. Anytime Lindsey Vaughn makes it down the hill without getting hurt, it's a success. Like in this setting, I'm like, well, oh, brother. You know, that's what I was watching. Like, just oh, let's hope she doesn't get hurt. And that's sort of a little bit of what spring training is, right? Your your season can't be made at all during spring training, but it can be ruined uh, by a really bad injury, and that kind of stinks. Well, the other thing about spring training is that in the old days, uh, even before you and I were were young whippersnappers. <laughs> Uh, they needed spring training because the players would show up to spring training fat and oh, in yeah. shape. Oh yeah, three hundred so pounds. They, they just show literally, up. yeah. So it was literally like <laughs> they would just like smoke cigarettes and drink and and you know and and work donuts. in the factories, right? I mean, that yeah. was like the deal. And then they like, would oh. show up, to, and it was like this is where you actually get back into shape. And now these guys are obviously doing like insane, you know, P ninety X plyometric, whatever <laughs> the heck they're doing all year. So they show, unless you're Pablo Sandoval, they show up crazily ripped uh, every year. And so what's the point? I mean, and they've also, like, pitchers have been throwing and hitters have been hitting and they're all working. Like, you could cut down. If I were, uh, let me say this. If I were a part of the MLB Players Union, if I were, like, a rep for the Players Union, I would push really hard to cut down spring training. Wouldn't you? Like, they don't need, you don't need, like, eight weeks to evaluate your roster. Do you? Well, the thing I mean, that's so insane. silly about it is that, you know, they'll come out just like it was 1957, where, you know, Don Larson would show up for spring training after working like, you know, in, in insurance all off season, And he'd show up and then like the first time out, of course, back then they didn't care about pitch counts or whatever, but they're like, oh, we better take it easy the first time out. Not, you know, you don't want to throw out your arm or whatever. And they still do that. Even though yeah. these guys have been throwing all offseason, so it's like, oh, 25, 25 pitch count for the first time out. It's like, seriously? I mean, like these yeah. guys have been throwing. They never stop throwing, you know? It's it's crazy. Yeah. So, I know. There's also there's also this um there's also like a weird kind of fantasy that there's like a like who knows who's gonna make the team thing, right, you know? Like right. but like I they all that. go they go into spring training with like with twenty three or twenty four out oh, of the yeah. guys on the roster. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, again, oh, I guess here's what you would say, though, right? If you're the owners of these teams, they now own the stadiums where they're and the facilities where their players uh, play and stuff. And so it's probably a crazy money making scheme at some level that they have these, you know, split squad games in these stadiums down in Florida. And they're selling even if they sell whatever, three or four thousand tickets to the game. 
that's essentially a practice that they just made, you know, 35 <laughs> or 40 grand on from oh, ticket yeah, sales. So, more than that, right? Because I mean, yeah, you're talking about concessions, concessions and whatever. And so. Well, and some of those, like the Cubs, I mean, they draw 10,000. I mean, they they draw like, you know, some of these stadiums are a little bit bigger and they draw sellouts every day. I mean, yeah, I think it's a moneymaker uh, to some degree. And, I'll, and, and this is the best thing. So we've said what the worst thing about spring training is. The best thing is going. I mean, you go yeah. to any of these. I mean, it's that's baseball sort of that's if you ever want to step back in time and feel like, well, what was it like to watch baseball in the 30s, or the 20s? I suspect that's what it was like, where you're basically you're on the field. Practically, you can talk to these guys. They'll talk to you. There's a there's like a closeness to it. They'll sign autographs. I mean, it's a it's a cool vibe at spring training. I mean, there's no everybody's relaxed. Everybody's thinks they're going to win a championship. I mean, it's, it's, I love it. I love the vibe. I wish more people can't go because it's in two parts of the country and and whatever, but, but uh, that part is really, really cool. But here's what I want to, here's what I want to discuss before we lose uh, all the time in our mini cast. Um, So I, we're talking on Monday. So over the weekend, it it appears Eric Hosmer uh, finally broke the sort of big money, uh, free agency drought that we were in and right. signed a big deal, surprisingly big deal, honestly, with the Padres, which we can talk about whether or not the Padres made the right move or not, or that's fine. Um, that we are out there right now, uh, probably the, the, the three top guys, there are a few more beyond them, but the three top guys, JD Martinez, who, you know, far and away was viewed as the best hitter, uh, in this free agent class and had a, ridiculous year last year. Uh, Jake Arrieta, former Cy Young winner, and Mike Moustakis, who had 38 home runs last year and and set the Royals record and and placed third and is a pretty good third baseman and all that. Um, can a team, can a team like sort of like still win the, the off season, I guess, if, if they sign one or two of those guys? I mean, is that, is that still out there for somebody? I think it is. I mean, yeah, I do too. I mean, if you think about like the the question is can a team win the like the sort of the decade, right? Because the Hosmer deals 8 years, there's a right. opt out after 5. They're paying him way too much money and he's not worth the money they're paying him. <laughs> so Right. But other right. than that, great deal. Uh but Well, but but, the, but but I would but I would throw this out. I mean, uh and and a couple of people made this point and they're right. It, he's not worth the money in in on several levels. I mean, the, the deal does come down, so he's getting paid less at the end of the deal. So right. there is some of that. Your hope is that over the next two or three years, he is worth the twenty million they're paying him. It's possible. I mean, you know, the, it, he was worth a, uh, pretty close to that last year. It's possible. But here's here's a point that I think has kind of gotten lost, which is he makes the Padres better, right? I mean, he does the the. Whether or not he's worth twenty million dollars or not, that twenty million dollars the Padres were going to spend on nothing, right? They were just going to go into the owner's pocket. So, if you're a fan, I mean, you know, maybe I would rather have gone after JD Martinez or somebody else. But considering who was out there and what the best options were, hey, they they got a little bit better. Now they might not have gotten better enough to make a difference, but they got a little bit better. And I don't know if I sometimes I wonder if we overlook that. You know what I mean? I don't think I, uh, yes, I, you're totally right. They got better. The problem is, is like, if you're the Padres and you're going into yet another season where you're going to win between, you know, 71 and 79 games or whatever, and you get Eric Hosmer and you 
get like, all right, now you're going to win between 74 and 81 games. Right. Like who cares? You know, that the problem is, and this is what I mean by the sort of win the decade. It's like you, if you're a team like the Padres who just don't matter, um, if you're not, you're not relevant, you're not in the, in the conversation, you know, you're looking up in your own division, you're looking up at several other, several playoff teams, right? The, the, The Diamondbacks are a playoff team. And the Dodgers are obviously made it to the seventh game of the World Series last year. And you, so you add Eric Hosmer, who cares? Like, uh, and it's not, you know, that I'm not a Padres fan. So a Padres right. fan might say, I care. I, I'm happy my team is going to be better. But in order to actually compete, the Padres would have had to have signed Arietta and Martinez and Hosmer. Like, then well, you, okay, now you've got, right? <laughs> now yeah. you're going to win well, between 79 and 86 games. And if right. you get lucky, right. you might win 90 games and you might win the playoff, might make the playoffs. I agree. I agree with that. However, Padres are kind of loaded with prospects. I mean, they really are. I mean, they 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 should be because they've been terrible for a long time. Right. Uh, but they're kind of loaded up with some really good prospects. If it, yes, for this year, that probably doesn't help them at all, right? I mean, whether they win 74, 77, or 79 games does not matter in the larger scheme of things. But if they're if they're an 84 win team next year when their prospects are pretty good and he makes them an 87 win team then it's something now, sure now it's something so yes. so it is it is a long play i don't think it's a it's a one year play it's a long play i my my argument for it is this that you know there's a lot to like about eric hosmer as a as a uh, player as a as a guy that that sort of you build your team around a little bit and and as somebody who is going to be very big for he'll be he'll be huge in san diego right he'll be on all the radio he'll do he'll do everything to to promote the padres and and all that that how much is that worth okay maybe not a lot but it's worth something and if you feel like hey we're not that far away from being able to put like a 500 or competitive type team on the field and he can make us just a little bit better it's a it's a it's a gamble and it might not pay off and it probably won't pay off. But I don't dislike it as much as so many other people do, where they're really just counting dollars. If they don't make this move, so what? They're they're the Padres. They're exactly the same. Yeah. They stay in play. And they you know? cut, so and, I like them. Yeah. And they need to do stuff like this in order to send a message right. to their fan base and to their young guys that like they that they're trying. That they're like they're like, they're hey, we're gonna lock in this kind of like franchisee type guy who's going to be the face of our team and he's like a you know he's like an intense guy and he's a really good fielder he's going to anchor the infield he's going to help these young um you know infielders come along and he'll save a bunch of errors for their for the left side of their infield hopefully because he's a good fielder the question though is you know is this is the dam going to break and if the dam breaks what happens to JD Martinez and Jake Arrieta and Mike Mustakis because they are guys who can make. They could put guys. They could put teams over the top in some level, like especially JD Martinez. Yes, yeah, so, right. So JD Martinez has apparently had an offer on the table from the Red Sox somewhere in the neighborhood of five years, one hundred and ten ish or something. Some yeah, people something say like it's one hundred. Some people say it's one twenty five. But it's in the twenty one, twenty two million, twenty three million a year thing. They also apparently have a and he also has a competing offer to go back to the to the uh, Diamondbacks, right? And it's unclear how much that is or whatever. But the question is like, I mean, that could be the difference between the Diamondbacks not making the playoffs and the Red Sox making the playoffs. Like that one guy, if he has the J.D. Martinez year that people would be expecting from him, you know, 40 home runs or something, that could very well be the difference between the Red Sox making a wild card 
taking a wild card spot or the Diamondbacks taking a wild card spot or not because they're both in competitive divisions and they both have, you know, they're both sort of like on the bubble a little bit. The Red Sox are on the bubble because the Yankees are now this crazy super team and the Diamondbacks <laughs> right. are on the bubble. Who knows how they'll function? Who knows, you know, year to year what their whole sort of team is. They were very good last year, but if you take J.D. Martinez out of that lineup, yeah. So, it, they, but then, and then the question becomes, okay, you have the chance to really, to make the playoffs next year if you sign this guy but do you want to sign this guy for the Scott Boris number that Scott Boris is aiming for, which is like, it isn't 125, it's like 175 or 200 or something right. insane. Right. It's like, a, it's a fascinating question of sort of imperfect information of, about the future and about this guy's health and how much of last year was a mirage and, you know, how much of it was real. I don't know. If you're, if you're, uh, the Red Sox, by the way, don't seem to be budging. And there doesn't seem to be a Scott Boris mystery team. That's a third mystery team that's jumping in, uh, which they always magically do when Scott Boris is negotiating a contract between two teams. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What is your prediction? Give me a prediction right now. It's Monday, February nineteenth. Where does Jay? Where do those three guys end up? What's your prediction? Well, I think um, I. I- I still think he goes to the Red Sox. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe that's become a very bitter thing. I mean, and, and which is, which is what would prevent that. But look, at the end of the day, I, I realize that, you know, Scott Boris doesn't have the leverage he's had in years past, but one, Scott Boris just pulled off this Eric Hosmer deal. And I did not think he was going to be able to do that. And he did it with the San Diego Padres for crying out loud. So, so the guy still has some juice. But here's the thing, and you you can speak to this as a Red Sox fan. The Red Sox can play out all the scenarios they want about, you know what? We're only going to pay J.D. Martinez this much, and we're not going to go any further, and that's all we got. And Red Sox need him, need him, and need oh, him badly. So bad. I mean, that they, they were last in the league in home runs last year. Last. Yeah, yeah that's right. They, they need, have to get him. They need I him. Just they, don't nobody see how, of all of these guys, no team needs any player more than the Red Sox need JD Martinez. Right. And it's, it's very That's interesting right. that they're not blinking. They don't seem to be because very clearly, if um, if they went back to Scott Boris right now and went, all right, we know we said five one ten. We'll go. We'll add another two million a year. We'll go five one twenty, or we'll add three million a year. We'll go five whatever it is five one twenty five or something. Right. It feels like that does it. It feels like that does the trick, right? Because it's like if if the if another offer were significantly greater, he would have taken the offer already. But right. they're just right. not. They're straight up not doing it, and it's very fascinating. And there's a, there's some interesting aspects too, where it's like, you know. The Rays, who are insane, <laughs> um, designated Corey Dickerson for assignment. Just oh, for nothing. Straight up just cut him. Now, Corey Dickerson, this is so weird, right? I don't explain this to me. Corey Dickerson is 28 years old. He right. is a, he's a really he wasn't even making that much money. He was gonna make six million bucks or something. He's uh, and he has another year of arbitration, and they just let him go. They just straight up let him go. 28 home runs last year. And like, there's yeah. some argument to be uh, made that now he's free. He's basically like, you could just, you can just offer him a, you could just get him theoretically. Right. But what do, what, why not do that? Like that, if you, I'm looking, well, this is my, my argument for not getting JD Martinez is you could get, you could pay $25 million a year for five or six or seven or eight years 
for 38 home runs from JD Martinez, or you could pay a lot less for hopefully 28 or 30 home runs from Corey Dickerson, right? Like I fear I, this must be the thinking on the part of the, and this is why people have, have speculated about collusion. I don't think it's collusion. I think it's just like Albert Pujols and Josh Hamilton and, you know, all of oh, yeah. Miguel oh, Cabrera, yeah. all of those deals for, and you know, JD Martinez is 30 years old and no one's going to give him 10 years. No one's going to give him $210 million. That's gotta be the the new way of thinking, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And your point is right. I think the Red Sox could play this all the way out and say, you know what? We'll find, we'll find our power. We'll find, we can find a Corey Dickers. I mean, I have no idea what the Rays are doing. I just don't even know. I mean, the Rays are clearly just, they're not, they're, it's like, they're, it's like they're trying to sell the thing for scraps now. I mean, at this point, I mean, what, what in the world, why wouldn't you, he was their all-star last year. Why, why would you, why would you get rid of, I, I don't get it. And you know what? He had a pretty good year. I mean, this guy's a 120 OPS plus guy. I don't get it at all, even a little bit. So, yeah, the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox could definitely go, hey, we're going to go get Corey Dickerson. He doesn't exactly fit uh, what they're looking for him. He's a left-handed hitter. I mean, you know, with with the with the monster and all that sort of thing. Not not that the Red Sox have have had, uh, you know, any any struggle with great left-handed hitters. They've had plenty of good ones, and I'm sure he'd fit in. But I think they would love some right-handed power and and all that. But you're right. They could honestly be saying, look, we are not going to saddle ourselves with a deal that will make no sense in five years, six years, seven years. We're not going to do it. We're just not. We're, we're not going to get in that trap again. And whatever we have to do, we'll find we'll find the talent. And, you know, and there is there is another argument to be made that J.D. Martinez is not a great fit, that they like their outfield the way right. it is. And that they don't want to trade a Jackie Bradley Jr. or somebody else just to bring in that kind of hitting. That that maybe that's maybe that's part of the thinking too. It just feels to me like the Red Sox have always responded to Yankee dominance um, with their own sort of very very powerful comeback. And this year they've not. They've just kind of let it go. And, and I think I, the re- it, it is fascinating. And I think the reason is because um, they last time they did that they ended up signing Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval and right, basically throwing <laughs> throwing 250 million dollars or something into the directly into the toilet and flushing yeah. it and so <laughs> and i think you're right like they, we've said this before the only thing that team had last year really was pitching and outfield defense that was all that was, that was how they won uh, that's how they won 93 games and how they won the East. And so putting J.D. Martinez in left and moving Andrew Benintendi somewhere is going to make your outfield defense worse. And so maybe you're right. Maybe they're just like, yeah, it's not worth it. Now, the here's the weird thing. A place they do need power really badly is third base. And there's a third base right. free agent who hit 38 home runs last year. Now, granted, he hasn't. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's a little, he's risky too. I don't think you throw 200 million. He's got him. some risks. But... That is a place where they desperately need an upgrade. I don't understand why they're not making a run at Mustakis. Why do? Why not? Do, I mean, he's a, he does not. He's a, a, a very. He walked thirty four times last year. He's not a good. Right. He's he not a, walk. He's not he the kind walk. of hitter that the Red Sox have in the last. You know, in the Theo Epstein era to the present, have really gone after. He he had a. He his he hit two seventy two last year and he had a three fourteen on base percentage the year before the the he's had a three on an OBP over three hundred exactly twice in seven years or I maybe right barely right. over three hundred his rookie year so yeah he's risky too I don't think you throw ten years at him but if you were going to spend if you're going to give a five year deal to someone and you're the Red Sox right now 
with that outfield? Wouldn't it be Moustakis? I don't know. I don't get why you don't do that. I, I would, and I think you could get it for a lot cheaper. I mean, I don't know what Moustakis' price is, but I, I mean, it's not it's not in the J.D. Martinez range, right. I don't think. Right. And and look, I think Moustakis could be – I felt this way about Lorenzo Cain too. It's, you know, everybody was talking about Hosmer as the Royals, you know, the, the big one coming out of the Royals' uh, free agency. I thought both Moustakis and Cain were better deals, like for what the money, for what you're going to get. Cain in particular, I thought – the Kane signing was one of my favorite signings of the whole offseason. Um, but I think Mustakas is out there. Look, he's he's a pretty good fielder. Uh, he's going to hit with power. He's he's not going to hit for average, and he's not going to get on base. I mean, you just know that going in. But he's also like a he's 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 another one of those guys that you know everybody likes being around. He's 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 you know there's there's a lot to like about his personality. Yeah, I mean, I think the Red Sox. I just think the Red Sox should do something. I just I, – it, it, it blows my mind. They are the team this offseason. I mean, I think the Cubs have gotten involved somewhat. The Brewers have been really, really fun this offseason. Uh, now the the Padres have gotten in. You never saw that coming. Um, the Yankees, of course, have been the Yankees. And the Red Sox have just been absent. And maybe that's – maybe we'll be having this exact same podcast a year from now and we'll be talking and we'll say – Boy, the Red Sox were right. That the, the the way to handle last year's offseason was to do nothing yeah. and let everybody else spend the money. Um, you know, I think the Red Sox are a really good team. So I, I I could see that, but it does feel like there are two guys out there that fill their biggest needs and they're not they're not interested. The this the super interesting move would be if they uh, signed Arietta, right? Because then it's like, all right, you oh, yeah. have, all right, New York, you have every great hitter. We're going to try to get every great pitcher and see what happens. <laughs> I'd love that. I would love that. That would be fun. All right. All right. Our mini cast has gone on too long. So uh, I'm going to do an interview with someone that I don't even know who it's going to be yet. That's great. Ooh, Isn't that that's fun? Exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh, and then we'll be back. All right. Well, when I finished talking uh, to Mike uh, yesterday, uh, we I had no idea who I was going to be interviewing uh, yet. But man, totally lucked out. Just, just, just big time, big time luck out. Uh, I have with me uh, the uh, Cespedes family barbecue guys, Jake Mintz and Jordan Shusterman. By the way, uh, Jake Jordan, are you the Cespedes family barbecue guys? Mm. Or just Cespedes Family Barbecue? No. Well, no. we've gotten boys, we've gotten losers, children, uh, clowns, children, um, clowns. Right. There have been a variety of different, uh, 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 you know, descriptive terms thrown our way. Oops, sorry, I just dropped a coin. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's up to you. I mean, you're the, you're the host of the podcast. Well, no, no, you can, I just, you can decide. I'm just wondering if it's like you know one of those things like share where you don't really have to say anything else. You just you guys are Cespedes family barbecue. That's it. That's who you are. Well, guys, guys, boys, you know, children is it's almost all repetitive. That's what I think. That's what I thought yeah. too. Exactly I right. would say. I, by the way, I'm Jordan. The other one's Jake. Uh, we should probably mention that. Uh, I would say what, what's more controversial is whether we are Cespedes family barbecue or the Cespedes. Oh, family. sure, sure. That's something we've never quite settled on. So. Yeah, that's that's and and by the way, you need you need an answer to that. Like certain bands are not; they don't like when the "the" is put in front of their name. Right, right. You know, right. So, yeah. so, we probably should have figured that out by now, but we haven't. I believe it was Edie Brooke. This is speaking of how old I am. I believe it's Edie Brickell and New Bohemians, not the New Bohemians. Mm, interesting. Just that is, that is very relevant. I, I, we, of course, that. it is. 
No, it's yes. good. It's good. You look come on. You can look. I was up. listening to some Van Morrison today. How about that? It's actually the Van Morrison. The How Van about, Morrison. And you know what? Astral Weeks. Astral Weeks. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Astral Weeks is the one that has Kansas City on it too. Is it, am yes. I right? Yes. Yes. Oh wow. Indeed. Good. Good. Nice. And I only know that because I was from Kansas City. Actually, Van Morrison's before my time, so that's how bad. Wow. Uh, that is. I know. He's it's old. <laughs> going way back, guys. Thanks for joining. Uh, sure. Let's. We're going to talk a lot of baseball. That's all we're going to do. And uh, but first thing I need to do is I need to say up front, and you guys understand this, having uh, lived in this uh, in this crazy podcasting video world. When I interviewed Mike uh, yesterday morning. Uh, we had no idea that J.D. Martinez was going to sign with the Boston Red Sox. We predicted that he might and said that he should sign with the Red Sox and the the Red Sox should sign with him. Uh, But it hadn't happened yet. Had not happened yet. Uh, Where where do we stand on that? Where do we stand on that signing? That's big, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah, it is now. It has definitely happened. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Although although Scott Boris was busy introducing Eric Hosmer today. That's uh, right. In San Diego. And I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, So so we we have not had the official JD to Boston press conference yet, but it's it's all but it's all but settled. It's all but settled. But, But what do we think? Good. That was good. It had to happen, right? It was, I think it's it good. And, and also, I, I J.D. Martinez has been on the Red Sox in my head for two and a half months. Me too. So, Me too. Uh, especially after uh, the Yankees traded for Stan, it was like, well, they got to get Hosmer or J.D. I was so convinced. I was kind of convinced of that at the beginning of the offseason. And once they got Stan, it was like, all right, well, they got to. Got to got to bite back there. So I'm not surprised, and I think it's good. It seemed like a pretty reasonable price considering he's yeah. been one of the best it's hitters a, in the world. Yeah, for four only, years. Only two guys in baseball have had at least a 138 OPS plus in each of the last four seasons: JD Martinez and Mike Trout. It's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good, arbitrary, that's, but still pretty good. It's it's a little bit arbitrary with the 138. Lower but that, if you lower but that to 137, you'll include Nelson Cruz. So. <laughs> Which which I say we do, but no, that's uh, look. He the guy can really hit. I, I agree with you. I thought like when the when the off season began, I thought they were going to be in on everybody, like all the big guys. And then they made it very clear, basically, what two weeks into into the off season, they were not going to sign Hosmer. Right? They 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 basically cleared up their first base job, and and that was it. And I'm like, well, they're definitely going to sign Martinez now. They're like they're, they're, they're that was like a no doubt, and that. Man, that thing stretched on way longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if I, I mean, obviously, in this in this free agent market, I, I'm sure all the the first numbers thrown around for JD were were closer to 200 than 100 million. Right, right. We all knew it was probably unlikely, but uh, it still feels a little lower than I might. Yeah, have expected. I mean, it's it's the type of guy where you're counting on the power to stay for the next couple of years because he's not he's he's a he's defensive. Not neutral at best right <laughs> right um and that's fine and if they didn't already have hanley i would like it a little bit more mm-hmm. right if they didn't have hanley and moreland kind of locked up i think they have moreland for two more years mm-hmm. all right I, that's right. right so yeah that is the only issue and it's it's an outfield that is about as settled so i wait, mean is they, moreland just not going to start no i think moreland's going to play first i think moreland's hanley's gonna play first right hanley is hanley is Nowhere. I mean, Hanley yeah. is. Did you see what Cora said today? No, I didn't. He said, "Right now, Hanley is my three hitter." Oh, <laughs> well, he. Well, I think he said that because he was not acknowledging JD Martinez had signed yet. 
that's what that has to be. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> what a weird world this is, that guys. Is yeah, because because you can't when you're when you're that's when like the 24 hours between like it's clearly leaked and it becomes official. Everyone on the team's like, oh, I don't know. You what know what you're it's talking like? About. It's like in middle school where you and like the person you're fake dating are dating. But you haven't told anyone yet, and, and everyone kind of Facebook, and you're not Facebook official, but everyone kind of knows it. And they're like, "You're with, you're with Come Sarah," we, we know. and then you're like, "No, I'm not." Right. And then no, like, like, "Oh, hey, like Giants, like you can ask JD Martinez out too if you want." It's like, but no, you can't. No, you can't. You're with like, the Red Sox. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I have no idea how we went there. All right. So the, well, we're, that's just very relevant to our lives. It is. It <laughs> is. You guys are, are much closer to that age than, than I am. But <laughs> but no, here's here's the thing about J.D. Martinez. And this is this is where I find it really interesting because you're right. Look, he's he's not going to age well, I don't think. I mean, maybe offensively. None of us do. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> feels that way. Right. Nobody feels like he's going to age well. He's, he's you know, no, no, I mean, none of us age well. Oh, well, <laughs> that's true, too. But. <laughs> But here's the thing about J.D. Martinez is, and I, I get it, it was light air, it's Arizona, that crazy ballpark, whatever. I mean, 29 home runs in 62 games last year. It's insanity. It's insanity, yeah. right? I mean, he was he was just at this crazy, you know, Sammy Sosa-like pace the entire time he was in Arizona. Now he goes to Fenway, which is not a great home run park necessarily, but that monster's there and he pulls so much, I mean – Feels like that's going to work for a couple of years, right? Oh right. yeah, that's definitely. fine. And it's in you know, there, I feel like there's also a big difference between a five year deal and a seven year deal, right? Um, right. You know, I, yeah. You know why? I, I, this is maybe a dumb way to do this, but you know why I think this deal is fine because Red Sox fans aren't mad. It feels <laughs> like usually, like when something happens and Red Sox fans are mad, like maybe it's time. But all the Red Sox fans that I know today were like, "Oh, sure, this is yeah. good," you know. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. fine. I mean, honestly, I feel like they aren't as excited as maybe they should be because the Yankees got Stanton. And it took so long. And it took so long. Um, and spring training signings are always a little weird. Uh, so I don't know. I'd be I'd be very happy about the Red Sox fan. I'll, I'll tell you who I think's not happy is Arizona. And I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it. They really weren't really in on him. I guess they tried to make that late, you know, pretend like, oh, yeah, we're also in on this guy. But, man. Sure. That changes that whole dynamic of that team, I think. Well, yeah, but then today they went out and got Steven Souza. <laughs> so, yeah. like, there you go. Like, that's that's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could you. I don't think Steven Souza is better, JD Martinez. Maybe I do, but like, you could convince me of that. I, I, I would. Take, could you, Jordan? I would take some serious rhetorical. I want to hear some convincing. I'd like to hear. The, but look, but but legit power, legit power guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's JD Martinez, but but uh, who knows? You know what? That's that. I mean, that is really one of the cool parts of baseball is whatever he was in Tampa. It's totally different in Arizona, right? Tampa is just a dead zone, and it's dark, and no, no ball doesn't carry there, and nothing happens, and it's just an offensive nightmare. And then Arizona is just a it's just Coors Field, you know, basically, mm-hmm. and. Who knows? He might go over there and, and – and, all right, there's – okay, there's my first up or down to you guys. Mm-hmm. Who has the better year, Souza or J.D. Martinez? Souza, boy. Wow. That's a, wow. Uh, that didn't even, didn't even hesitate. I would, uh, okay, you're, you're, you're talking yourself into this crazy hot take, which is fine. <laughs> you know, it's okay. But, uh, uh, I disagree, <laughs> I, and I love Souza, and I think maybe as soon as 2019 – 
it's uh, flipping. But Suze is a fascinating player because he walks a ton. Uh, only hit two thirty nine last year, but and struck out more than a lot of players. A billion, right? Uh, yeah, really, yeah. really kind of guys. But I mean, I, I would certainly like the fit, and he's certainly a better defender. So if you're going overall uh, overall value, um, then maybe yeah. he's only yeah. only eight guys had 30 homers and 15 steals last year. And he was <laughs> well, one of them. He was one of them. And one of them is really bad, but the rest of them are really good. <laughs> do you want the, do you, do you want this? This is, a, this is actually a fun list. Sorry. We did a quick play index here. I want to hear this. Yes. Right. Goldschmidt. This is 30 home runs and 15 steals. in 15 solid bases. Goldschmidt. Sure. Dozier. Lindor. Okay. Mike, awesome. you know, Mike Trout, Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. How do you pronounce that? Last is it Tro- 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 Nelson. Nelson. We'll know. Trout. We'll know by the middle of the season when yeah. Once the pre- about, yeah. Uh, Will Myers, who's the only guy who wow. went thirty twenty besides Trout. Besides Trout, uh, yeah, I missed that. Wow. Uh, Rugnet Odor somehow did this. Uh, yeah, and also managed to not be very good uh, and play one hundred sixty two games. Pretty incredible. Uh, Domingo Santana and Steven Souza are the guys who did it. So nice, nice, interesting list. There you go. Remember when we thought Runet Odor was good? I think he, remember when that he could be good. that long ago? He's still, well, he could be good again. Yeah. But remember when he thought he was good, and then last year was just oh boy. a crazy. I mean, it was one truly day. one of I think by some measures the worst thirty home run season of all time. Whew. So, and then yeah. of course you can you can call out the uh, the you know the late nineties Rockies you know Andres Galarraga Dante Bichette Dante Bichette years, but this is I mean Rugi Rugi took it to another just level. Just kept trying like the launch angle revolution <laughs> does not help everyone. Sometimes it brings you down. You know well, he hit, th- <laughs> hit thirty three home runs in twenty sixteen, but then it felt like he started to try to hit home runs in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and then he hit two hundred four. Yeah, it wasn't good. I, the 204 doesn't bother me nearly as much as that 252, 252 on base. On base. That's not that good. Is, That's that is not hard good. to do. Well, it's hard to do. That is really, really hard to do. So, you know. All right. I want to talk Eric Hosmer, then I want to go around the league. Right. guys. We'll, we'll do kind of kind of a – it won't be a draft exactly, but, I, but I've got an idea in my mind that I'll, that I'll throw okay. at you. All right. Uh, I'm not – as down on the Hosmer deal as everybody, not everybody. There are those. Petriello is kind of okay with it. Um, I'm not that down on it. I kind of, I look, I don't think it's a great deal. I don't think it's a great deal for the Padres. Uh, I think it's way too long. And they gave him an opt out and all the other things. Uh, I don't think they were bidding against anybody. I think they were bidding against themselves. I don't think the Royals were, were all that competitive in it. Um, and I don't think it's going to work out in six years, I don't think they're going to feel great about what, although they're paying them less at the end, but still, but I kind of feel like, man, they're the Padres, man. They've got to do something to just shake it up. They've got some kids on the way. He's, he's like a good guy. He's a great, you know, team guy. People love him. Be love being around him. He's good with young players. Uh, he's still a good player and probably will be for at least a little while. I don't hate this. Do you guys hate no, this? No, he's definitely like a baseball player's baseball player. Oh, yeah. For sure. yeah. For sure. I think, like, I, I agree, and, and Hosmer has, and since his free agency was drawn out this much, like, he was just, it, the arguments over his value was just completely beaten into the ground um, to the point where maybe he is now cl- approaching underrated, which seemed impossible <laughs> at the beginning uh, when right. he started the, the offseason as the most overrated player of all it's time. It's like how it came, like, it came back around and, like, is Coldplay underrated now? 
the same kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Is Eric yes. Hosmer the cold play of Major League Baseball? Wow. That's, <laughs> yes. All of this makes that sense is, to me. That's that giving me a lot to think about, but I, I do like it. I do like it at first glance. I think I, I, I definitely agree with you. Great point about like definitely bidding against themselves. Um, I mean, maybe they, they thought Kansas City was the only threat, which is probably true, but it really seemed like there was very few other fits and they, they might have ended up just going a little higher than, than normal. And, and because of that, you talk about when you talk about Hosmer and he's a solid first baseman, although as, as, an, as a hitter, he's been up and down for the last six seasons. He's alternated seasons as a good hitter for seven straight years, basically. But right, if, you right. know what do you what do you the word you call leader you know intangibles like that's some expensive leadership if that's what you're really going for here, um, and that part is a little concerning. Now, in terms of how I, good the Padres will be soon for Eric Hosmer, I I mean the pitching is pretty bleak. <laughs> the lineup that's the thing. Like if you took this lineup and you dropped it on the Dodgers pitching staff, or, you, or like the Nats pitching staff. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, like this team could compete for a wild card. A wild card, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe. <laughs> no, yeah. I, but it's just, it's a lot Maybe. of young yeah. unknowns. Um, and I guess the difference is like the on offense, like you have guys you can still, you can project on and get excited about. Like you can get excited about right. Manny Margot and a Swahe. We, we, we really love Swahe. Myers is obviously a really good player. I, but then, but in the pitching, like besides Denelson Lamette and, I guess Luis Perdomo, like, I don't know who you're projecting is going to be good. (laughs) I will say this. There are now five guys Mm -hmm. on the current Padres Mm -hmm. who should be on the next good Padres team. The position players. Mm -hmm. Margot, Myers, Aswahe, Hosmer, and Hedges. Yeah, Hedges is, I'm starting to lose faith in Hedges. I believe in Hedges, (laughs) but at least theoretically, right? Is that fair? I think it's fair. And I think as a fan, that is at least hopeful you know well i just i agree i agree i also feel like you've got to start somewhere and you know look i i get it i you know i've i'm totally into uh you know spending your money smart and 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 if you put a huge percentage what is it going to be you know, between him and Myers for sure, but he's what, 20% of their payroll or some ridiculous, you know, high, that's too high. And I get all of that, but they're the Padres. They're, they're, they, they've got to do something and the money they're spending on him. It's not like they're going to come in next year and, and use that money to go after Machado or something. I mean, they, they know where they are. They know who they are. And, you know, if, look, if he could put, not saying he will, but if he could put the same year he had this year, if he could do that for the next three years, they get their money's right. worth out of that's that deal, true. right? I mean, that's that's the deal. I mean, the deal is if he could be as good as he was this year, if this, if the person we saw this year, the 320 hitter with 25 to 30 homer power, uh, you know, his defense is, you know, very – people argue about his defense. I don't, I don't love his defense. A, a lot of people do. But if he could be that guy and the guy in the clubhouse and the guy that that is in the community, he'll be he'll be hawking Padre baseball in San Diego. I can tell you that. I mean, that's that's they'll ask him to do it and he'll do it. There's a lot of value in that. And if that team does find some pitching, which they're going to have to mm-hmm. find, you know, they're going to probably have to make some moves to make that happen. He, you'll want him on your team. I mean, he's a guy that you know. Now, if he what he if he comes back and and has the year he had two years ago. It's a disaster, 
now you're in trouble. Yeah, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. So uh, you're betting. You're you're taking a bet. But I just don't hate that for the Padres. I mean, I I just feel like they're if you're a team that is is sort of just been treading water for a decade, and you want to do something, you want to do something, and rather than going ahead and and getting an old guy. And giving him mm-hmm. too much money, which is what too many teams do, they got a relatively in his prime 27, 28 year old guy who's a right. great guy who's got, you know, he's all of his intangibles or whatever are off the charts. He had a good year last year. I don't hate it. I, I just, I, I like at least the effort. You know, if I was a Padres fan, I would like this. You pay the high makeup guy with the years right. to go. Right. Like, with the youth. That is now, would it be better if he wasn't a first baseman and had more defensive value and could fall down the spectrum? Of course. But it is something. And another side effect of this that is kind of cool is like I don't think the Padres can contend this year, but this move at least like puts them it's a it's an upward arrow. Mm-hmm. And now you have five teams in that division who are all expecting to be relatively competitive yeah. in the future. Yeah. Which is cool and rare. That's true. It is true. It is true. I mean, look, I I don't think the Padres are moving up that spectrum too quickly. No. But, no, but you know, I didn't think the Rockies were going to move up that spectrum last year. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's – it's uh, the Rockies are still better then, than them, I think. I think they're, I think the Giants are better than them too. I think they're still your last place team. But yeah. if you're a last place team or a fourth place team, you aren't going anywhere. And you have a chance to like, hey, let's shake things up and, and we'll spend a little money. Where was that money going anyway? You know, right. it was just going in the owner's pocket anyway. So, so spend the money. I, again, if, if I was running the Padres, would I do it? I don't know. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But if I was sort of a assistant GM to the Padres and my general manager is like, this is the bet we're making, I wouldn't hate it. I'd be like, yeah, all right. right. You know, I, I remember a, co- a couple of years ago, I mean, I really, the Royals traded Will Myers Boy, I hated that trade. Everybody did, right? Everybody hated the deal. And I hated it. And I wrote that. And I wrote it. And I ripped it. Uh, and I got a call like the next day from Dayton Moore, general manager of the Royals. And and he was like, look, everything you said is true. We didn't want to get rid of Will Myers. We didn't want to do this. Uh, we felt like we... We're, we we have it's time to start winning. It's time to start winning. We've been we've been developing these guys forever. It's time to start winning. James Shields is a guy, and that was the guy, the main guy in the deal at the time was James Shields. We we need we need a guy that we can get two hundred innings out of and can be a good pitcher for us and can take us to that next level. And I told Dayton, and Dayton will you know laugh about this now. I said, well, I'd, if you got a better pitcher than James Shields, I wouldn't hate it as much. Um, but he was right. That team took a completely different. They looked. They took it to a whole different level that year, and James Shields was a big reason why they went up to like eighty six or eighty seven wins. And the next year they make the playoffs because Wade Davis goes crazy, who was also in that deal. It turned out to be a really good deal for the Royals, and I just shake it up. Yeah, one of the things people forget always. It's super weird. Is that Wade Davis was not on the team that? Or sorry. Shields was not on the team that won the right. World Series. That's right. I always forget yes. that. He was a Padre. He was that. a Padre by then, yeah. which is. Uh, but you you do say uh, uh, they get a pitcher better than James Shields. Well, they they did. They got Wade Davis. The <laughs> but but Shields was was also awesome in those two. He years really was. Well, he wasn't as awesome the second year. Uh, it was still sure. good though. Um, 
Mm-hmm. He was really good his first year. And I and and you know, look, I was never I wasn't trying to knock James Shields. My feeling was you had a top 10 prospect, you got to get an ace, you know, or a or somebody, especially when you're only getting him for a year or two, like they did. Uh, I didn't think Shields was on that level. A lot of people loved him more than I did. But you know what? He he did, he changed the dynamic in Kansas City in in a way mm-hmm. that I don't tend to buy because I think like you guys, I mean, I'm a total stat head and that's all I think about. And I'm not I right. sometimes underrate the human element of this game uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, or at least I think people overrate it, I guess would be uh, uh, a better way of saying it. But man, it, it really changed the dynamic in Cleveland. I'm not saying Osmer's going to do that, but I'm saying, hey, go for it. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. A uh, few more things on this. So first of all, I, I definitely agree that it's at some point you just got to do something, shake things up. And I also think getting back to Will Myers, fast forward, now he's obviously been the best player on the Padres the last couple of years. But when they got him, it didn't feel like Will Myers was now the face of their team. It was just like they got a good player who's going to be around right. for a while and they extended him. Whereas Hosmer, this is clearly like the investment and like this dude is going to be the the Padres guy for the next few years as all, as which we haven't even mentioned yet. They have one of the two to three best farm systems in baseball um, that will probably start helping the big league club sooner rather than later. Now, the, the one thing comparing that to Kansas City, and comparing it to everyone's making the Jason Worth comparison, uh, Hosmer was what four years younger than Worth was when he signed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but but the difference is, I think the Padres are much farther from contention. Right, that's true. Than the Nationals uh, and the Royals were right. when they kind of made their big moves. But I mean, again, fair. still, uh, I think considering how young Hosmer is, it still makes sense. If you- well, but here's here's my final question on the Hosmer thing. Then mm-hmm. for both of you guys, I want a percentage. You know, in in baseball prospectus, they'll have uh, they'll have like players, and then they'll put what their collapse percentage is, what their yes. breakout percentage yes. is. Yes. Okay. Eric Hosmer has been around a long time now. He came up very young. He's 28 now, so he's been in the big leagues for what seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we think we know who Eric Hosmer is, but what is the percentage that over the next four years Eric Hosmer develops into a superstar? Ooh, develops into so like it becomes like Joey Votto ish. He won't oh, be as good okay. as Joey slow Votto. down, slow down. Well, well, that's I'm never just saying, like a big time <laughs> hitter, like big yes, yes. 320, uh, 400 on base percentage, 30 home run guy consistently. What are the percentages of that happening? Which, which he was like approaching this past year, yes. but not even quite there. there yet. No, he wasn't there. So, so the idea being that this past season was a building block. was a building block right. and then this will be that the, what his last season was will become basically the baseline for what Hosmer will be for the next exactly four years. what's percentage the percentage for that I would say hmm do we want to say it at the same time we want to say it at the same, same, time? same time yeah yes yeah, uh, okay uh okay ready three two one 17 percent wow all right oh, good okay, for us. Nice. I said 15 he said 17 so Jake Jake just loves Eric Hosmer I hate Eric Hosmer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Huge difference between seventeen and fifteen. So, yeah, I, superstar. I, think, I mean, that's yeah. That's that's where I. Decide. I think that's where I am too. I'm like right in that between fifteen and twenty percent. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible. I think I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. If I had to mm-hmm. bet, I I wouldn't bet on it. I think it's possible. I I don't know why I do. Maybe it's because yeah. I like him. I like him. He's a great guy. He really is yeah. a great guy. So, no, he seems right. he seems very like I mean we, we we want we want all baseball players to succeed. So like of course if Hosmer goes to San Diego and it's awesome and the Padres great with like awesome it's great for everybody great for baseball. No it's doubt. awesome. It's awesome. I did. Uh, I was once talking to him for a, a 
a whole different project that I was working on. And we talked about that Mets, uh, when he, the dash, when he, when he took off and mm-hmm. scored, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I mean, at this point, one of the most memorable plays of the decade, right. Is, is, totally. is the dash. Right. Uh, and I asked him about that and, you know, cause of course, he, you know, they made it such a big deal about, oh, they scouted his arm and he, he, right. he, he didn't, he just, he just lost his mind and went. And, yeah, and I said, what was really going on in your head? Like, you know, and usually when you ask him that question, nobody can really put you in their own mind, but he's a pretty sharp guy. And he said, here's what I was thinking. I was thinking, am I going? I guess I'm going. That was it. Literally, that was <laughs> it. Am I going? I guess I'm going, which I, I love that. I love that. All right. Here's my little sort of mini draft for you guys. We're going to each take three right. of these in, in, in order. Uh, and I think uh, we'll give Jake the first pick. Um, Storyline you're most excited about for 2018. Mm-hmm. Just storyline. Story can it be one? It could be anything. Go to be player you're most no excited rules, about. No it could be. Okay. No rules. I, they're never on this podcast. They're never. Yes. Rules. <laughs> so, I'm familiar player, with that. <laughs> player team uh it could be you know it could be fan i don't i don't care what it is i really don't anything you want but the storyline that you would say going into the year that you're really really excited about okay this is an insane first overall pick oh my god do you want to trade down i know in, in past <laughs> yeah. podcast drafts we can trade out we we have traded down but i don't think you're i don't think we're gonna no. have to be able to All do right. a trade down i'm right? going to take Whatever the hell the Gabe Kapler experience is going to be. <laughs> I, I I know like the Phillies actually. are going to be fine, right? Like they're going to probably not make the postseason and whatever. They'll they're take gonna some win steps forward. Like they, 76 they games, right, right? right? But Gabe Kapler, and I'm the high man <laughs> on him. I, I have been. I think he's absolutely, in, in a good way, bananas. He's nuts. He's completely absolutely nuts. nuts out of his mind, but it's great. Whether it goes really well or really poorly, we are going to see some stuff we have never seen before. And oh, it's, yeah. you can't always say that about situations like that. So I will take whatever the Gabe Kapler experience is going to be. And I am drinking the Kool-Aid. I have this theory that baseball coaches that are more ripped than the players, like that <laughs> matters. Because the players look at him and they're like, I got to look like that too. So soft factors, pause. It. I love this. No, I totally love this because that is either going to work in a huge way or that's going to be the Titanic. And there's no in between. There's no way that oh, that yeah. team is going to be like in three years and be like, oh, Gabe Kapler turned out to be just kind of a just kind of a normal sort of Larry Boa-ish coach. <laughs> no, no, chance. no, no, no. Teams, no teams chance. don't do that. This is not a thing team, a lot of teams do where they take that kind of chance. And, and I love it. And not – Something you would think that the Phillies would go for, right? That's the right. I mean, I don't know who. Like the Rays would be like, yeah. screw it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. All right, does does it work? So, so I know Jake, you think it works, Jordan? I'm I'm very work? skeptical. I, I'm rooting for it because I am also I'm a big Kapler fan, and I I want it to work. But boy, am I skeptical. like having <laughs> seen him talk and being buddies with Hoskins, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> It could work. They're very different people. Right. Like, yeah. He's a very, like, Reese is a very, very chill dude. I, I just think that Kapler has the magic can talk to players yeah. or thing. 
or the opposite. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, Reese would be good with any manager. Duh. That's true. Reese, he could manage I, Reese. Reese MVP. There's, there's my story. I love it. I love it. I'm just like totally, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's see what we got. All right, Jordan, you got the second pick. Okay. Um, I am going to take a super obvious pick, but it is. What do you? What it's Otani, right? Yeah, I'm taking Otani. Here's why I'm taking Otani. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like we've talked about it every freaking day for the last four months, and I still just want to see how it's going to happen because uh, <laughs> obviously as a salty Mariners fan, I am 1% of me is hoping that he's not good at at least hitting, hitting or pitching, but 99% of me <laughs> hopes he is everything that we uh, hope and dream of. And it will just be revolutionary and it will be a very, very, very big deal. And the 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 1B for that is happy Mike Trout, Mike Trout in the postseason. But again, yeah. that will be well, sad yeah, Mariners fan Jordan. But it's you know what? It's gonna be okay. <laughs> I I'm really, I have to say, I mean, I am really, really fired up about the Otani thing. I, I can't I I can't remember. I I mean, you know, I don't want it to sound like I'm even comparing it, but but The last time that I think we went into a year with like somebody this sort of interesting and provocative and exciting Mm -hmm. that, but that you had no idea, like it could, it could totally bust. He could just totally be terrible and everything was Ishiro. And I, and I don't want it to like, just be about a Japanese thing, but it was kind of like that. Like Ishiro was such a sensation and he came to Seattle and it was such a big deal. And then it's like, well, how can he do like with that swing? I mean, he's never... And then he was incredible. I mean, it was just so that was that was one of my favorite year. Obviously, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, but that was one of my favorite years just because of that. So I want to see Otani make that kind of crazy impact. I don't know that he will though. What do you guys think? Will he? I have said since the beginning, I don't think he's going to hit, mostly because I don't think he's gonna get enough time to like figure out how to hit major league yes. pitching. But I know the Angels are going to try yeah. to give him more time than well, normal. And now that they've shortened the right field fence, I think he's got a good shot. That, and now that they traded C.J. Crone, they're just saying, all right, Albert, go play first every day. We're going to give Otani <laughs> as many at-bats as possible. I'm not looking forward to that, by the way, at all. I'm not, at but I, I, I am here uh, for Albert You know, chasing 700. He needs to go to get like Kobe Bryant's German doctor or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love for for Albert to have one more year, man. I would love. Yo, that would be great, right? So awesome. Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be, I would oh, love it. So cool. But I don't think he could do it at but first base, man. I mean, he just. Yeah, I know. But, uh, and also the thing with Albert is it's like, oh, if he, if he like comes back and has like even like a, a solid season and it's. Angels fans are not going to be like, oh, great. Like, we have Albert back. Like, they're still going to be like, oh, my goodness, three more seasons still. <laughs> it's, it never so, ends. It's never ending. Never ending. But, I mean, I want to I wanna, I wanna root against him. I'm not going to root I'd, against I'd love for him to do it. All right. But my first pick, look, the obvious one I'm not going to do because I'm never, ever going to take a Yankee thing on this, on this podcast. So yeah. I'm actually going to go with kind of a – I mean, it's a little bit old. I mean, it's kind of a it's it's not cool and interesting like Kapler and and uh, and Otani. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of think Bryce Harper is going to have like some sort of psycho year. Oh, I kind of oh, think yeah, he's going to have. Oh, I think he's going to just go bananas this year, and not just because his contracts up or any of that sort of thing. I think he's due for a really healthy year, which is all he really needs. I think he's really kind of. There's 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 a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as always, but particularly now it's almost like 
boy, all he has to do is like, you know, he would have won the MVP last year probably if he'd stayed healthy. And everybody's already forgotten about him and all the Stanton talk and all the judge talk. And I just, I just want him going out there like angry every day and just, just out to prove everybody wrong. And uh, not that anybody's against him, but just in his own mind, they are uh, sort of the Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, like, Oh, everybody bet against me. And it's like, nobody's bet against you, Tom Brady in like 18 years. So, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but like that, like that edge on there. And he just goes out there and mashes like 50 home runs and hits 370. I mean, I just, I feel that coming. So I'm excited to see if I'm right. Oh yeah. I, we, we are, we are huge Harper, Harper fans. Over yeah. There, which is um, not much of a hot take, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think, okay, I'm up. I, I know this is super basic, but like Giancarlo stands on the Yankees now. <laughs> it's it's like, ridiculous. It is absurd. Like we knew it happened. We were uh, at the press conference uh, at the winter meetings. So, and it was very just like, what is going it's on? It's like, when do I wake up? Yeah. <laughs> this is... Who turned off fair trades? It's yeah. great. <laughs> it felt like it was very video game moment. Yeah. Um, th- now, here is why I think it's cool. I grew up an Orioles fan. I do not like the Yankees. I mean, it's something – actually, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I grew up an Orioles fan growing up obviously not liking the Yankees. Right. Now, like, I, the Yankees are good for baseball. When the Yankees are good, it means it's random people in random parts of the world who own Yankees hats are watching baseball games. Is that fair? No, no. Joe? But not on this podcast. No, nothing good about the Yankees to be said. But you're okay. not wrong. Even you're not without, wrong. Even without I'll put it that way. Right. Now, that being said, we haven't had, like, this transcendent – Yankee, I mean, we have Judge right. is that, and now we have two of them, right? They're, and not only are they good, they are unique, right? They are recognizable. You can see them in New York and you know who they are in the way that like Jeter and A-Rod were that, right? And that pumps me up because it just means that people are excited about baseball. And maybe that's selfish because like people are excited about baseball where I live because, sure. you know, I live in New York and like I would just want people to care about baseball. But I just – I just think it'll be cool. Like they're these two large things that like are just going to dinger everywhere. Also, have we, this is like an, I'm sure I'm missing some extremely obvious moment in baseball history. Have we ever had a home run race on the same team? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> what? What? Are you making a joke? I mean, I, I'm sorry. What? What? Maris and yeah, Mantle? Yeah, yeah, Maris and Mantle. Since then, there's been oh, nothing. I thought you were making a joke about that. Oh. No, but okay, okay, but it was the Yankees, and that was 50 years ago. So are we just going to have that again, and they're going to be way ahead of everybody else, and it's going to be Judge and Sanders going back-to-back? All right, I, I, got a hot, I got a hot take for you. I got a hot yeah. take for you. All right, you ready for this? And this is, this, is, this is my hot take. I don't know which one it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be Judge. I'm not saying it's going to be Stanton, but it's going to be one of them. Gary Sanchez is going to hit more home runs than one of those guys. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good take. I love it. It's actually not crazy. I thought you were that. I thought you were that is a little bit of a hot take. No, I love it. That that is that is that is that is a it is a hot enough take. Although people don't appreciate Gary enough. They don't. Well, look. I mean, that I'm not a. I mean, it's very clear how I stand on the Yankees. But you know, I it's it's amazing because look, Judge. I think Judge is going to keep doing this, but he doesn't have to. He could come a little bit back to earth, no question. Mm-hmm. And and you know, with Stanton, he could get hurt. He does all, all the time. I mean, it, that could happen. And mm-hmm. everybody's overlooking that Gary Sanchez is a, he's a forty home run guy right there, just sitting there on the same team. 
You know, I mean, it's they're gonna they're gonna blow away the the all time home run record, right? As a team, yeah, I would I would think so. Also, like Judge is due for some level of regression, and Stanton is moving to the better park and already had more home runs. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> so he if Stan, I will say if he stays healthy, I would be shocked if he does not hit sixty, maybe even sixty five. If he stays healthy, um, you if he's shocked. I if would. a human being in the major leagues did not hit 65, that's a crazy sentence. I'm I'm sorry, like I just watched him at 59 <laughs> on in, in an enormous Marlins park and he, like, hurt for like he was a couple hurt. weeks. No, he was he was he was pretty much. It's crazy. That's crazy. Played. I think he played. So it sounds nuts. It's completely. It's, I, I'm crazy, but I don't I don't know. I I don't really see why not if you're if you're adjusting up. Um, so yeah. But it's good. It's terrifying, and it's ter- it's it's both wonderful and terrible. For yeah, no, it's it, look, it's good for baseball, and it's it's exciting, and and who knows? But uh, all right, Jordan, your your pick. All right, my pick. Uh, I'm going to go it, it, to talk about pools. Actually, actually made me think of, of another uh, generational player. I am, although this team will be very bad, I am excited for the Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> hey guys, I'm still one of the greatest players that's ever lived, uh, and I'm healthy again. Uh, Semi revenge tour. Uh, he seems like a lock for comeback player of the year. He was amazing in 2016. Like he was not any worse than he had been for the previous 10 years, only two years ago. And I think he'll be back. I mean, I don't know how many runs he's going to drive in because the Tigers are not going to be very good. But now I, 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 I see that the, the Joey Votto role of amazing generational player on bad team is now sadly going to shift to Miguel Cabrera as the Reds are trending up and the Tigers are trending down. And I just hope Miguel Cabrera is still there at the end for the next Tigers team. I certainly is under contract, but I think we forget how amazing and fun a uh, good Miggy is because he wasn't playing enough. And when he's, when he's hitting well, he's extremely, he's like Beltre, a Beltre type where you want to see him uh, goofing around uh, in the dugout as well. So I just want, I want, I want good Miggy Cabrera back in my life. I hope you're right. I got to tell you, I hope you're right. I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm with you though. I, I, I mean, it was, you know, once you start going down that hill, I, I don't know. That's I mean, true. he was hurt and, and you hope he's healthy. He was hitting the ball pretty hard. Uh, Statcast numbers were, were suggesting he, he still hit the ball hard, but man, I don't know. I hope, I hope so. I hope so. Cause I do not want him to be the next Albert Pujols where we're watching an, uh, a legendary totally. player a legendary player uh, have like five terrible years in a row. We just, I mean, that's, that's the worst. It's the worst. Everybody always talks weird. Yeah. Everybody talks about Willie Mays falling in the outfield or whatever. It was just one year. It wasn't even that bad a year watching these guys, watching Albert Pulse these last four years. It hasn't been terrible that whole time, but he hasn't been good any of those years. And it's just awful. Just awful. You know, it's also, it's also weird though, because like, Right now, like we know the Tigers are going to be bad. Whereas, like Pools, the Angels have been in contention, right. so we've seen them try to win with declining Pools. Whereas now, it's just going to be. I again, it's also part of part. I, I hope Maggie's back is because it gives us a reason to, to watch the Tigers. You know, so. I hope so. Here's a good cop. Here's a yeah. good cop. Jim Tomey. Oh, so Jim Tomey had an absolutely horrible age thirty. He did. Season. That's true. He he was hurt. He was only you know point two B ref wins. He you know. Had it hit 207, 360, 352, right? Maybe, yeah, it was the age yeah. 34 season with the Phillies. Signed with the White Sox the next year and was an all-star MVP candidate, OPS over 1,000, and had like five more good seasons, right? That is the comp. Either you can go 
down the Ryan Howard, Albert Pujols path where <laughs> yeah. your body unfortunately falls apart and you're a first baseman and you stop walking because people start pitching to you more and it gets really sad. Or you can do what Jim Tomey did and just keep eating dinner. Dingers, yeah, and I hope right? I hope that happens. But I will say this about Tomey, to be fair. What did he play, like 50 games that year? I mean, he wasn't – it wasn't 100 and – he didn't have like a I – mean, I mean, basically, it was almost a full season. Uh, he qualified for the batting title, uh, Cabrera did last year. And, mm-hmm. and Tomey was just nothing. He played almost nothing that year, right? So he played right. – what, he got 200 bats or something like that? So, so yeah. It yeah, felt I, like Miggy was playing through stuff last year. He was, yeah. well, as was Tomey that year. And, and I – man, mm-hmm. nothing would make me happier than to see Miggy just, just crushing it again because he is as fun to watch as anybody when he's hitting. I just – I hope I hope it happens. I'll just say it. I hope it happens. All right, my second pick uh, has to be because I'm uh, because of the podcast is uh, certainly to see if Tommy Pham can have his thirty thirty year. Oh yes. this year, uh, of course. I'm sure Tommy Pham thinks he can. <laughs> what's not to love about Tommy Pham, man? I mean, he's like he's you know he comes up, he plays his first full year. He's twenty nine, has a fantastic. MVP type year in in whatever 130 games, uh, and then he's like so certain that he's way better than that. Like, where does that confidence come from? And he's you know been battling the eye thing that he's worked his way through, and and uh, I just love everything about that story. So totally uh, all over Tommy Pham this year, uh, big time. I, I I think I think what we saw last year was real, and and. Uh, uh yeah, thirty thirty MVP candidate, the whole thing. I love it, and and a, a deceptively very fun Cardinals team, which we've started to to notice. This which is, is like uh, the first time in forever, by the way. Exactly, that's kind of that's kind of why we we gotta gotta give them some love. But Fam and then Ozuna is obviously awesome. So yeah, no, I, we're 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 big big Fam fans over here. Right. You don't you don't gotta convince us. Okay. You gotta convince- <laughs> All right, last round. All right, last pick, Jake. Oh, I got a couple. Sifting through here, I will pick the redemption of one Clayton Kershaw. We have seen angry Clayton Kershaw. We have seen mad Clayton Kershaw. We have seen motivated Clayton Kershaw. This is a different thing now, right? This is another level. He was so close. And not only was he so close, but he was so close and he couldn't. Like, keep that game together yeah. in game five. Right? Yeah. Right. And that's the last we saw of him. And I just. Jake's picked the Dodgers for the World Series. I have Series picked the Dodgers to win years. the. Yeah. I have picked them to win the World Series each of the last four years. <laughs> and I'm not a Dodgers fan. I just think that, like, saying that baseball, like any baseball player, deserves something more than any other baseball player is like a really weird, slippery slope, right? right? But Clayton Kershaw awesome. deserves a freaking World Series ring, man. Like, at this point, for me, like, more than Trout. Like, Trout is, uh, like, hopefully he will get his and he's got time. As a pitcher, the clock is ticking. He's in his prime. I just want to see the man conquer the world. And I think he will. And I think it'll be, like, this moment that we have. It'll feel like the Elway Super Bowls. Right? <laughs> I, like sure. the I, late '90s LA Super Bowls, where like hated those, but that's a whole other. That's a whole other. <laughs> okay. That's just me. That's just me, though. That's my right. personal uh, hatred of LA. That's fine. Um, but I, I have nothing against 
or for Elway. I just feel like Clayton Kershaw, I want to see him succeed like as much, if not more than any other baseball player. And I just want to see him dominate. And like, I, I love Scherzer too, but I like how we can, when there's a conversation of who's the best pitcher in the world, I love being able to be like Kershaw and then what? Yeah. Right. I want that. I like it. I really like it. I got to say, you know, you're right. You look, you can't say this guy deserves it more than anybody else or whatever, but I would call it kind of heartbreaking to see what happened to him in the world series, because for a lot of reasons, including man, do I hate the, the Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason trope man right. i hate that i just hate like we, we but we still have almost gotten over that but still there's still enough people. didn't help well, it didn't help i mean that was the thing he pitched great in game seven but the game was sort of it was not sort of they were they were down and and close to out yeah. and all that um yeah he had the moment in game five where he could just put all that to rest and then he had the lead and oh just and the whole game exploded, exploded. Like, yeah he exploded here's my my last point here in 15 years, and 20 years, when I am sitting down with my children, <laughs> my son, Yoannis, and my daughter, Yoannis, sure. and I say to them, this dude, Yoannis, <laughs> listen, Yoannis, this dude, Clayton Kershaw, was the man. And I will pull up his baseball reference page on their brain computer that they'll have implanted in their sure, head or whatever. Sure. And the, I want them to look at his BREF page. And see a World Series championship. We, I do not want to look back on Clayton Kershaw and be like, "Man, he was so close." Because I'm pretty sure right now he's got the most innings thrown in a postseason without a World Series championship. <sighs> I'm pretty sure he's not even that old, and he could he could keep adding to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I I just want his legacy to be. Good enough to show Yoannis and Yoannis what I, I want his legacy to to be so good that your daughter's named Clayton. So you know that way, oh, Yoannis wow, and Clayton. Yes. How about that? Yeah, it's uh, going to be confusing at, at family <laughs> gatherings when Jordan and I both have our families together, and there's just like six people named Yoannis. Yoannis number two, Yoannis number three. I think that's fair. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah, to label these them. Are, these are good problems. <laughs> good to problems have. to have when they're all named Yoannis. <laughs> all right, Jordan. Uh, Okay, here's my here's my last pick. Uh, this is, I guess, sort of vague, but one thing I loved about the 2017 season is that we went into it and we were like, you know, who's not going to be very good? The Brewers and the Twins. They're not going to be very good. And then there they were, just hanging around, just right in the middle. Oh, the Brewers are leading NL Central in like late July. Like, what? How is this happening? And and now we've had an off season and a lot of, a lot of talk about all the super teams. The Astros just won the World Series and they got even better. The Yankees made it there; they got even better. The Cubs they're loading up. The Dodgers, of course. And I just want to know who, as as these so called super teams are getting even better, I want to know who the next Brewers or Twins is going to be this year. That's just going to be like, oh, they're they're in this too. Oh, oh they're in the wild card. Or, oh, somehow they're they're challenging. Uh, challenging this this amazing team in their division and i don't know who it's going to be but i hope that they that we have another one of those or two uh in each league um i'm trying to think of who i guess i should give uh, a, a possible contender yeah and i will say well i get the brewers would have been a good answer if they were bad last year but they weren't so um and they got so many other good players the white Sox, Jordan. no phillies the phillies are the, are the obvious one i think and honestly, as insane as this sounds, the Rays still 
somehow. Yeah. So give me the Rays. That would be, I mean, they've been the underdog forever. This would be an all-time kind of keeping up with the with the big boys season. So I'd love it. Yeah, yeah, that's I love them. Those stories are always yeah, crazy because it's it, just it, it's just inconceivable and how everybody is just immediately wrong about what they thought. It's like. it's gonna be somebody. I I, I love that. I, I do. I think it's one of the, the best parts of the game is uh you know, look, it's in football, it's it's all look, the, the Eagles were fun and they were new and whatever. It's always the Patriots, always, always. And just it's – baseball doesn't have that. I love that. I love that. You know, everybody's all over the Yankees. Might not be the Yankees. Might not be the Yankees at all. I mean, the Yankees don't even have to win the East. I mean, it's – that's it's awesome. That's why, that's why it's the best game. All right. Uh, so my final pick, I'm just going to go with another player because I do like that theme. I was going to go with how excited I was about uh, each team only getting six mound visits and seeing how that plays out. <laughs> That's oh, nutty, yeah. right? Nutty. What you know? They're eighth inning. They've used up five. Do they use the last? Very interesting. They've got one <laughs> one down bullet left. Do they scream? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do they? How, the visit just becomes like you know the the manager screaming from the, <laughs> from the dugout. Yeah, that'd be fun. But instead, I'm going to just settle down here and we're going to work. You make sure you work him inside under the hands. Defense, we're going to shift play to Paul. All right. Let's go. What? I didn't hear him. All right. So oh, no. I'm going to go with a player. I'm going to go with a player and I'm going to go with a player that I'm unbelievably excited to watch every time he plays. And that's Byron Buxton, right? Buxton, uh, is this the, yes, is this the year of Buxton? Are we getting the year of Buxton? Could be. Could be. Wow. What a very well could be. I mean, just look, he's he could be he could hit 150 and he'd still be incredible to watch because of his defense. Right. His defense is you almost never watch a twins game, a whole twins game where he doesn't do one spectacular thing. I mean, it's just it's just like that. Right. But I don't think he's going to hit 150. I think I think he figured some things out offensively last year. Uh, He's obviously going to steal some bases. Uh, You know, look. When when he stole last year, he had, he had two. You know, the second half he hit really well, but he had 16 home runs. He's got some power. He had 29 stolen bases, but he was only caught once, which tells me he could steal as many bases as he wants, right? I mean, there's no, right. you know. So he's he's he might be the fastest guy. I mean, obviously you'll have your B- Billy uh, Hamilton guys, but he might be the fastest guy. He's not small. He's he's you know he's he's got some power. Super duper fun to watch. So. Yeah, I'm fired up. Byron Buxton. That's my third guy. Yeah, that's that. He, we we've been we've been obsessed with Buxton for years, right? And uh, it's nice to see him put it put it all together uh, last. Year. I just love the idea of a like a five win season where your OPS plus is under 100. I know, I know. He's doing it's it. It's called a Kiermeyer. <laughs> Boy, I mean, you want to talk about center fielders? I mean, seriously. I mean, Pilar and Kiermeyer and Buxton and. Man, we are in the golden age of of defensive center fielders. That really is oh, true. Yeah. It really is yes. true. Very fun. All right, guys. We did it. We made it through. Thank you so much. Hope, hope you'll come oh back. Oh, my God. Ooh, it's awesome. amazing. amazing here at the end of the podcast. We are at the end of the podcast. So thanks a lot, and hope we'll do this again soon. Looking yeah, this was a lot of fun. We appreciate it. All right, Mike. So that was a fascinating interview with somebody who I don't know who it was. I now, don't know who it is now. You, by like now, you, yes, at this moment, you don't know who it is, but theoretically, you knew who it was while you were doing the interview, right? <laughs> I feel I feel like during the interview, you I figured it out. 
Yeah, I figured out who it was while we were doing the interview, but yeah, now now it's like no, now it's not good. So, um so we we need we we always are trying to figure out a way to finish this thing off and and uh you know, we we've never really come up with a good one ever since we had one last meaningless thing which, you know, people still are very angry. Uh, I got an angry email the other day from somebody who who said that not hearing the song, they didn't care about us. Uh, not hearing the song is 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 has somehow dampened their lives that they don't get to hear huh. that song every week. So maybe we should just have TJ play the song, but we don't actually do one. Like, <laughs> well, that's interesting because whatever we do, you would say at the end of any of these podcasts would be cons- would be would fall under the headline or the category heading of one last meaningless thing, right? It is. So there, you, this whole this whole thing is one last meaningless thing, right? So you could you could make an argument that they should always play the music the one last yes. meaningless thing music and then no matter what we do <laughs> it is it's it's truth in advertising it will be a one it will be one last meaningless thing it will be one last meaningless thing so All i'm right. i'm so fine with that if you're fine with that i say we play the music every no matter what the thing is whether it's book club or gripes or whatever the dumb thing is that we decide to do i'm fine with them always playing the the music to one last meaningless thing Okay, so that's it. So TJ is going to now play One Last Meaningless Thing. It's one last meaningless thing To end this meaningless thing We talk about sports and we draft things we know Like how beaches are terrible places to go No hot fruit for Michael nor Diet Coke for Joe The podcast was and now we're going to do our dumb uh, thing, and and I actually have a dumb one uh, this week. It's 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 a little bit related to something we always do. Okay, um, but it's 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 mixing the Yankee minute <laughs> with 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 gripes it's 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 the yankee gripe i have a yankee gripe this week all right uh we always have a yankee gripe but but i have a yankee gripe this week in particular um i i i don't think the yankees are favored in the american league and i'm sick and tired of hearing people say it whoa oh yeah oh yeah i'm going for it i don't care i don't care all right defend your position i I realize i'm changing The, the the astros are really 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 good uh, that was not a fluke last year, what we saw with the Astros. That is a team that has absolutely everything, okay? They are completely loaded at every level of the game. And and I think what we saw last year was very, very real. And I look, I get it. The Yankees are going to hit 10 jillion home runs. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're pitching staff. I don't love it. I don't love their pitching staff. Their bullpen is insane. Like it's it's one of the greatest bullpens ever or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, I, I want to see. Look, every time people try to put these super teams together, uh, most of the time something goes wrong. And, and it kind of begins to – you start seeing the little things. I mean, that is not true in the case of like of like Golden State, right? But, but basketball is a different animal. Uh that Yankees lineup has a lot of strikeouts in it. That rotation is – it could be really good. You could see that thing falling apart a little bit too. And 
I just think that people are really, really miss missing the point on that Astros team. That Astros team was not a once in a uh, sort of once in a lifetime kind of thing where, yeah, they'll still be good. I think that was the beginning of a dynasty kind of Astros team. Um, I'm going to just say it. I don't think the Astros, I don't think the Yankees are fair. I love this, this take. Year. This is a great take. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> proud to jump in and join this take. I will say this about the Astros too. All of their players are young. Every single one of them. Oh, is, like It's not like yes. it wasn't an old crusty veteran team making one last kind of run to the championship, you know, like it wasn't the nine, it wasn't the, the 2001 Yankees or something that it was a, they're all 26 or younger. Right. Like, you know, Carlos right. has a, is very probably going to be better ne- this year than he was last year. You could even yes. say the same of Altuve, although it's hard to get better than he's been. Uh, but they <laughs> these guys are George Springer's young. Everybody's young. All yes. their pitchers are young. You know, like uh, I, I really, it's shocking how how good they could be for how long they could be good for. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, I think that Fangraphs predicted the Yankees to win 99 games based on their... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and they're, look, they, they might. Yeah. And look, they could also win 99 games and not win the World Series. Sure. I don't care how many games they win, right? Yes. I mean, that's... You know, the question is, in, in, in a seven-game series, you know, you, we all know it's, it's a crapshoot. But, but I would also say this, I, you know, look, I think Severino is really, really good. I mean, no question in my mind. He is really young and probably will get better, but they need him to. They don't have another ace on that team, yeah. in my mind. Yeah, you and then know? there's I also mean, the, like, who's playing third? Miguel Andahar is is their uh, prospect who's supposed to, is their next big thing. But are they really right. going to start, a, like, a two rookies in that lineup in a year where, like, this is, this is, the other thing is, it's World Series or bust for those guys, like, the pressure right. is back That's on right. for that team. So, you know, are they really going to start? Like, is is second-year pitcher Severino the opening day starter with a rookie at third? And, and like, I don't know, man. And and then there's also the big question of health, right? Because Judge plays like a maniac in right field and is always diving right. and tumbling around. And huge. Stanton, and he's enormous. Stanton always is injured at some point. Like, I don't yes. know. I, I love this take. I, I'm excited to be part of it. I'm jumping in. I agree with you. You're saying right now the Yankees missed the playoffs and they went only win 45 games, and I love it. Uh, here's my Yankee. Are you ready for my Yankee rep? And again, I didn't know. I am. I didn't know that this was your thing that, that you were going to bring you up. You always have one. You always I've have always one. I've always got ten and, or twelve and... loaded up. Uh, pinstripes are stupid, man. There's it's stupid, and I there, and I say this uh, not just because it's true, but because uh, one of the many baseball history of baseball books that my jerk son reads. Um, has this like, I think it's like a, you know, it's like a list book where it's like 10 greatest, you know, 10 fastest runners in baseball history and 10 greatest throwing arms or whatever. And one of them is 10 greatest uniforms. And number one, oh, it's, by the way, it's not baseball. It's like, it's all sports. So it's like 10, you know, 10 greatest single accomplishments or whatever. And it's like, this guy won the decathlon and this guy did whatever, but it's like 10 greatest uniforms. And number one is Yankee pinstripes. Yeah. It's all sports. sports. Yes, oh, and it's and, it, and uh, it's like you know it just it's just the result of the Yankees being the most famous team. If the if the uh, if the if, uh, you know Tampa Bay Rays were had the history that the Yankees did, they would say, well, the greatest uniform in sports is the teal and black <laughs> away jersey or whatever of the Tampa Bay Rays. The act if you actually look at pinstripes, they're boring. They're, it's very boring. They look like they're wearing suits or something and uh, and right. i that's what it looks like. yeah and it's just it the, I, I hate the 
the sort of like false attribution of greatness to something like a uniform just because it happens to be the uniform of the team that won the most championships. Like, I don't think the Boston Celtics uniform would be anything. Their logo would be anything if the Celtics hadn't, if you hadn't seen that logo on the jerseys of Bill Russell and Bob Cousy and, and Jojo White and John Havlicek and Larry Bird. Like, it's just, that's the team that won the most championships over the longest period of time. So that's like, well, that's the greatest uniform ever. And it's BS. And I'm, I'm saying no to pinstripes. I like it. I totally agree with you. I totally, uh, totally agree. Pinstripes, just not that great. Uh, it's, you know what it is? It's the secretariat argument, which is, is secretariat a great name for a racehorse or thoroughbred or was Secretary just so good it now sounds right. like a great Of course, name, right? yes. Like and the answer is that. And that's if, if Secretary is if Secretariat's name had been Mr. Mr. Cool Horse or something, or like <laughs> or like Banana Boat Jones or whatever, people would be saying, Well, that's the greatest name for a racehorse ever. It doesn't the greatest it's, name. It yes, it's it's yes. reverse yeah. it's reverse attribution of greatness. And I, I it stinks. All right. I can't I can't let you go now since you brought it up. Can't let you go now. Uh, someone very prominent in the Celtics uh, history uh, made the, I, I believe, just the flat-out statement that Paul Pierce is the greatest Celtic in, <laughs> yes, in, I know. in Celtics history, ahead of Larry Bird and Bill Russell, by the yeah. way. Uh, your response? Oh, it was Robert Parrish, right? Parrish said that uh, It was the Robert night Parrish who said it, yes. Um, I mean, it's it's a hard position to defend. I love the chief. <laughs> I want to be on board with this hot take from the chief, but uh, I don't. It is a hot. Take. I don't know how you how you sort of. Uh, I don't know how, I don't you, know get how you get there ahead of. I don't know how you get ahead of Bird in recent history and Russell in in all of history, except for the fact with Russell, right. at least you could say the game was so different that the concept of what yeah. offense is is so different and. Um, I mean, I I want I to support it, but I just don't think I can. No. Look, and I love Paul Pierce. I've covered Paul Pierce since, I was, since he was in college. Love the guy. I think he was a great – he's a Hall of Fame player. He's, he's one of the all-time greats. He's a great, great player. Come on. I mean, look, and, and I'm one of those people who believes – no question, modern players are way better than than you know players of of past generations, as they should be. Right? We evolve, and there's no question that basketball is is you know we we've talked about this. They, even in Larry Bird's time, nobody made threes. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just a different game that they're playing. But I'm sorry, you have to judge people against their time, and 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 for Robert Parrish to say it, you know, it just seemed like it was just like kind of a direct shot at Larry Bird. That's because, yeah. you know, that's yeah. nobody yeah. played more games, right? With Larry Bird. So there's, anyway, there's also, a, there's also a, a thing where like, you know, the Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce is a little bit like the Craig Biggio of the NBA, you know, like he, <laughs> but he's like, he ended his year. If you actually look at his career, he, he ended up with this, with a kind of crate. He's like top 25 in like a million different categories Right, he was right. Like really, really good for a really long time and really consistent yeah. and stuff. But he didn't have the peaks that Bird had. Also, Bird would do things like get bored and go out and shoot all you know all of his shots left handed and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. There was there was a story of uh, Bird uh, uh, working out. I guess he was in college. Man, I think he was in the NBA. He was working out and and it was late at night and the, the whoever the uh, whoever the person was in charge of closing the place up. 
was like, Larry, come on, man. I, I got to go home. I mean, it's midnight. Let's, let's go. I got to go. And Bert said, all right, listen, I'll play you, um, uh, play you one-on-one. You get the ball and I'm give. we'll play to 10. You get nine. And, and, uh, and, and I will not shoot from anywhere within 25 feet of, <laughs> of the basket. And, and the guy's like, all right, that's fine. And he, of course he shoots and, you know, Bert blocks yeah. it. And then Bert goes back and makes 10 consecutive shots and says, shut up and sit down and let, wait for me to finish. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that story's true. I want it to be yeah. true, of course, so badly. Uh, but it's probably true. I mean, right? I mean, it's Bird. It's like everything. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I will say this. I will say one more thing about Paul Pierce, which is Paul Pierce had a, a thing that I truly loved about him, which Bird also had, which was he never played without a chip on his shoulder. Right. Like Paul Pierce was supposed to be the first or second or th- maybe third player drafted. He kept falling and falling and falling for some insane reason. The Celtics grabbed him, uh, you know, you know, in the middle of the first round, basically. Um, and he like that day, I believe when interviewed said, I'm going to make every team that didn't draft me like regret, the, <laughs> regret their decision. And he had, that's how he, he was like, he wasn't like the, he wasn't the very greatest shooter. He wasn't the very greatest defender. He wasn't the greatest passer. He wasn't, he kind of, he was a little doughy when he played, yeah. like he wasn't like the strongest guy or the tallest guy, but he just, he had the thing that bird had too which was just like, I am going to destroy you. Like he had just had that crazy killer basketball instinct. And uh, I'm very happy for him that he uh, has number retired and, and all that oh, sort yeah. of stuff. He's a great player. Well-deserved. And like, you're right. I love it. He looked sleepy out there and then he just was a, an assassin. I mean, he was, yeah. he was so good. All right. All right, Michael. Well, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me.